I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode 37, with guest Anna Verzone. Any links or resources that you hear in this episode can be found at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 37. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Super excited for today's episode. Anna Verzone is a is a friend and colleague of mine, and this woman is just so damn inspiring. I mean, she's beat cancer twice, two different types of cancer, and I just adore her. I think she's amazing, and I'm so happy to introduce her to you and let you get to know what she does. She does some great work in this world. Uh, let me let me just tell you her profesh bio. Oliver Zone is a skilled boredom slayer, thrive maximizer, and mindset alchemist. As the original freedom junkie, she is devoted to helping passionate women create their own unconventional lives of freedom, adventure, and purpose on all levels, from their cells to their spirit. She helps women align their bodies and minds with their mission, so they have the energy, clarity, courage, and thrive to live life to the fullest and make the biggest impact on the world for a really long time. Anna has been a women's health care provider for over 14 years as a family nurse practitioner and certified nurse midwife and completed her graduate studies at the University of California, San Francisco. She holds two master's degrees related to women's health, as well as advanced certifications in functional and integrative medicine, Ayurveda, class classical Chinese medicine, and natural hormone balancing. She currently coaches women from all over the world online, as well as maintains a clinical, functional, and integrative medicine practice in the beautiful state of Alaska. Um, again, I just, I think that she's amazing. She delivers babies. She helps women with healthcare needs. I cannot wait to get started with this episode. So without further ado, here we go. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to episode 37. And I am, I know I say this every time, but I'm so excited for today's guest because <laughs> it's a, a friend and colleague and just all around badass. And those are the, those are the women that I interview, right? You've already heard all of her professional bio stuff. So why don't you say hello, Anna? Hey, everyone. I'm super psyched to be here, Andrea. Woohoo! Let's go. 
get this party it's started. It's a party up in the Your Kick-Ass Live podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and scene. All right. Let's get down to business. I didn't have a chance to do my electronic <laughs> beatboxing. Yeah. That's all right. That's another episode. I, I, and if anyone is listening to this podcast for the very first time, if this is your first one. Yeah. We have fun here, <laughs> and we also educate. We educate and have fun. Oh, you're going to get some education today. You are, and it's so funny because a few months ago, you guys heard um, Joanna Maya Cohen talk about flower essences, and she talked a little bit about hormones on that podcast, and then Anna approached me. I've interviewed Anna previously, way back before I had my podcast, and I had the Kick-Ass Women series, and uh, we didn't talk about this, though. We talked about other stuff, but... You said, "Hey, I I remember I'm t- I'm educated and I know a ton about hormones." And I was like, "That's good because I don't know anything about hormones <laughs> except that I have them and everyone listening has them. And yes, for women, do. we can get all out of whack hormonally." And so I said, "Yes, yes, you must be on my podcast to to educate uh, from a basic standpoint. You know, I hope we don't get too far scientific. I I know that you know who my people are." So, um Let's let's get this party started. So I know that you have been like you have more degrees and education than anyone I know. Like seriously. Oh <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. It might mean I have some like inferiority complex that I'm not acknowledging. Just have a value around yeah. education and credentialing. <laughs> that's all. Coach talk. Yes. Yes. So but I know you've been a women's healthcare provider for over fourteen years, but what prompted you to specifically have a special interest in, in women's hormones? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm one of those multi-passionates who's like a wellness coach and a medical professional. And so I was starting to see in both of my practices this, I mean, you know, we've known about the superwoman complex Mm -hmm. for a long time. And you and I are really good examples of that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, um, but I started seeing the consequences of that complex, the hormonal consequences of that complex and hormone imbalances in general happening in younger and younger people. Like when I first started, I was managing hormone imbalances more with women in their 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. And just sort of as time progressed over that 14 years, like here I am with a woman in her late 20s with her thyroid out of whack and with weight problems and with her female hormones totally out of whack. And it's like, wow. Hmm. Okay. That's probably normal in like a, you know, in a case by case basis, but I was starting to see it a lot. And so I was like, okay, like this is something at least relatively new to what I'm seeing over the the past 10 plus years. And it's just going to get worse. So I just started really diving into okay, why is this happening? How is this happening? And how can we help women like not go down this path of hormonal wackiness like before a quarter of their life's even over? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, everything is changing. I mean, it seems like girls are starting puberty younger. Um, You know, people are getting cancer a lot younger. You know that. You've served it twice. twice. And, and so, yeah, I, I believe it. I, I totally believe that. And I love that you mentioned the superwoman complex. So can you say a little bit more about that? Well, and just, and really why, like, why do you think that that is, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear yep, yep. Why do you think this like overachieving perfectionism, you know, controlling 
Because I know y'all listening are just like that because you're just like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think that's affecting our hormones? Yeah, for sure. And I um, thank you for making that connection because now it comes so naturally to me. But I do. That's the main thing I want to talk to you about um, and to get across to your people is like this level of stress that we are intentionally or unintentionally putting ourselves under actually wrecks havoc on our hormones. Like everyone knows stress is bad, right? Uh Everyone like hears and, you know, they go to their coach and they're like, I'm super stressed out. Help me manage my stress. And then, you know, you go to your doctor like, oh, I can't sleep. I'm about stress is bad. Stress is bad. But once you understand why, I think it will help you really feel much more empowered about it. So let me just go into like a brief geek out thing. And, and if I go too far, you just smack me down. Okay. okay. So basically like your, your stress level will affect cortisol and cortisol is a stress hormone. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. The endocrine system is totally related, right? All of progesterone, estrogen, cortisol, aldosterone, testosterone, and women have testosterone too, but it's like all of these hormones are connected and their first priority is to keep us alive. And by doing that, like cortisol's main job is to balance blood sugar in our bodies because like, you know, you've probably heard about people going hypoglycemic Mm -hmm. or diabetes, like diabetic coma, like without enough sugar in your body, you die and you can't respond to like the saber toothed tiger at the cave entrance. Right. Mm -hmm. So their first job is to keep us alive and, and do the fight or flight response. The second is to reproduce. So reproduction is secondary to the hormones. First, they want to keep you alive. So when you're stressed out, this affects cortisol, which is related to many of the other ones. And when cortisol gets out of whack, your progesterone gets out of whack, your estrogen gets out of whack, your serotonin levels, which can totally create, you know, low levels can create depression and anxiety and all these other issues. So when cortisol gets out of whack, then the rest of you gets really screwed up. And hormones affect so many parts of your body, like the thyroid hormone, right? With temperature, weight gain, um, depression. So like of all the cells in your body, there are only two two, um, substances that every cell in your body has a receptor for, thyroid and vitamin D. So hello, is the thyroid important? Probably. Uh (laughs) And so- and cor- like when your cortisol's out of whack, it prevents effective conversion of the thyroid hormone so that it can do its job. So all of this is related to stress um, in, in the end because cortisol gets triggered when you're stressed out. And there are like three different kinds of stress that tend to whack people out. The most important is emotional. Emotional stress is the biggest culprit. And the interesting thing about emotional stress is it doesn't even have to be like for real in terms of, you know, some people have these what other people perceive to be really relaxed lives, like they don't work and they have like, you know, a nice relationship and they live they in have a nice a nanny. house, yeah. <laughs> yeah. all of that. And then, but the point is that doesn't matter actually. What is that person's perceived stress? And that actually has the biggest impact, um, on several things. So like Elizabeth Blackburn, who um, is a researcher over at UC San Francisco, my alma mater, but she won the Nobel Prize in physiology or medicine by discovering these telomeres. And what these are, they're little like caps on the end of your chromosomes. And they keep your chromosomes um, 
healthier and um, they, they also determine the length of them determine how many times a cell can divide so each time a cell divides huh. the telomere gets shorter so it really de determines the lifespan of that cell so everybody thinks like oh we're supposed to live until we're 80 well that's chronological age but I tell you cellularly you can age um, faster so you could be like 25 with telomeres of the age of someone who's like 60 oh, right okay so the, the interesting thing, though, is what she discovered was it was perceived stress that shortened the telomeres, not just objective stress. Of course, objective stress matters, but perceived stress matters more. So, hmm. like, there were these women um, in the neonatal intensive care unit, all of them with the same level of stress. Like, you know, they controlled all the factors for what type of illness the kids had. And the women who perceived more stress had shorter telomeres than the women in the same situation who were managing better. So that's, uh, so that's why emotional stress can have such a huge effect um, on so many levels with the hormones, with the telomere shortening, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The other thing is diet. Diet can totally stress out your body and affect your cortisol levels. The main culprit. Let me guess. You're going to talk about sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah. Right. And why, why did you know that? Cause it's so popular, right? Like, like yeah. what do you know about sugar? I know that I love to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, in all seriousness, I, cause I've been trying to, I'm 39 now and I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit and by no means do I feel like I'm old, but things are changing. Let me just say that. Like I don't bounce back as fast. Things are starting to change. And what I hear over and over again from, from health professionals, blogs, personal trainers is like, how much sugar are you, are you taking in? And I'm like, and that's like, I'm, I'm like hoarding it. And I'm like, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to talk about it. And also my <laughs> son has special needs. Um, he's on the spectrum. And so that's what I hear a lot is like, and, uh, not just sugar, but like artificial sweeteners and well, I know, you know, which is a form of sugar and artificial food dyes too. You go girl. Exactly. That's all I know. Yeah, and and the 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 tricky thing that most people don't think about even though more people are getting educated about it is it's not just sugar like sweet things, but it's simple carbs like right. white potatoes or pasta or um you know white rice, um anything with like white flour. So it's not just gluten, it's the fact that any simple carb when it breaks down is converted to sugar in right. your body. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about like the sweet things. And what happens is when you get these sugar spikes and drops, it freaks cortisol out, it totally throws cortisol off, and then that creates that level of stress again in your body. And it also affects your immune system, but I won't bore you with, with the geeking out about that right now. <laughs> okay. And, and the, the other way, so we've got emotional stress, dietary stress, and there's also inflammatory stress. Mm -hmm. So you've heard about like, you know, anti-inflammatory diet yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So that can be, you know, trauma. It could be an occult infection that you have somehow. It could be the way you eat, you, you know, also. So those are the ways that we can stress out our body and screw up our hormones. Okay. And hello, pretty much a lot of us, most of us, do all three of those things that sure. screw up our <laughs> There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. 
Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Right? So here's so okay. So I have a question. So if someone's listening to this and they're maybe they've been like putting off going to the doctor or they feel like they might have a hormone, like how do you even talk to your doctor about this? Like, do does, should someone go in and get a blood test to have them all tested, or what do you recommend there? That is an awesome question. So yeah, a lot of well, it's hard to say. So a, a lot of providers right now aren't aware of the subtle ways that, that hormones can get You were imbalanced. trying to be really nice to modern medicine right there, weren't I you? was. I was because <laughs> I play on that team in a way, but I also kind I of, know you, you know, do. Dip, I dip my toes on the other side and everything. Well, actually, I jump in on the other side. But <laughs> so basically, a lot of people are not trained in preventing disease. So a lot of Western medical labs are really good at finding disease. Mm -hmm. So like if you ask them to check your hormones, a lot of the levels that they'll check are the um, level of abnormality is set to the point that you've developed an actual disease. Like now you have hypothyroidism. Now Mm -hmm. you have ovarian, you know, failure or whatever. And so it's sort of like, it's tricky to order labs from someone who isn't trained. Now, if you do have someone who's open to it and is, um, you know, like all alternative in terms of the labs they can order as well, then you can ask for more subtle labs because you want to just not because a lot of times people say, oh, your labs are normal, but it's like they're heading towards becoming disease. So we want to catch it before they're abnormal, before uh-huh. they're really abnormal. So you want to go to someone who's trained and what's the ideal level for those labs, like functional medicine.org um, has a list of providers that are trained that way. Um, 
you know, the Dr. Sarah Gottfried teaches an alternative uh, way of looking at uh, hormones. And so she has a practitioner list. And so, you know, really research. Just real, I'm going to cut you off just one second. You guys, yeah. all these links are going to be on the show notes and that's at yourkickasslife.com forward slash three seven. So if you're interested in any of these resources that Anna's mentioning, um, your kickass life forward slash three seven to get those links. Okay, please continue. Awesome. And maybe what I can do is give you a handout, um, like a, a link to a handout for some of the common labs to ask. Yeah, that'd be great. To, so people to can be download ordered. them. Yeah, okay. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so what, what I would do is you really got to find the right person because if you just go to someone, this is one of the common things that happens is most doctors will tell you, Hey, it's normal as you age to be more tired, to be irritable, to have more trouble sleeping and to gain weight. Mm -hmm. Like that's just part of getting old. And that is a huge myth. And it is a total (laughs) bullshit. It's a disservice to women too. I mean, one out of four women takes a prescription for a mental health reason, whether it's a sleeping pill, an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety or whatever. And we're just told that, oh, this is what you do. This is just what happens as you age. And now we have these wonderful medicines to help you. Whereas before women just had to suffer through it. Mm -hmm. It's like, actually, no, like, like this is not normal. And you can change these things by changing those three stressors that, that we talked about. So I would approach your doctor, vibe them out, you know, say, you know, I've been learning more about hormone imbalance and that you can actually catch imbalances before it becomes a true disease. And so are you open to ordering some labs for me? And even if they're not into ordering some of the more unusual ones, they will mostly order like your thyroid level and a you know basic metabolic and CBC panel. And they will check like one level of cortisol and some mm-hmm. estrogen and progesterone. So you can get some stuff done even by a conventional provider. I think if you went right. in, like, and if you just said, I'm, I'm not sleeping well and I am really stressed out, can I get cortisol thyroid checked? They would, they would say yes. You know, exactly. I, I would think. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's when you get into the, can you check my diurnal cortisol four times a day? And can you check my DHEA mm-hmm. and all these other things where they're kind of like, uh, it's probably really expensive. Is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's why, um, if you bring in a list, you know, to be honest, providers also like when you tell them what to do, like, could you just check these for me? <laughs> because it's not coming out of visit for them. They're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, most of these make sense. So, you know, you could go ahead and try that. And then, and then if that fails, just ask around for like, you know, more, um, open-minded practitioners. Good. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So you, I know you mentioned a myth about, uh, pe- you know, people feeling tired and doctors saying that, well, it's just what happens when we age, which I think, I, I, I mean, I probably buy into a lot of myths about age. So what are some more common myths that we hear about hormones? Yeah. One related to that is that, right. So, so we hear like, it's normal to put on weight after 30, but also like it's normal to, for, for things to go downhill after having a baby. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just so hard on your body that it's normal. But the, the reality is there is a, you know, a correlation there, but it's not a causational, like, r- relationship. So, yeah, women who have babies tend to be more stressed out and stuff like that. But but it's not normal, like, to have your hormones go totally out of whack after having a baby. It's because of these stress things. So, you know, so that's one of the things I just want to nip in the bud too. Like you can find yourself and be at home in your body again after having a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just want to like tell people that right now. The other thing is, um, one really common one is that PMS is normal. So like you're like, Oh yeah, it's my period. So I'm breaking out and I feel like shit and I can't sleep and I'm a bitch. Like, so just deal with it. Cause it's normal. This is what us women do. And 
And that is also a huge myth because what that is telling you is that something is out of balance. Like anytime you feel bad, anytime your body is in pain or off, it's telling you that something is funky. So when you're having PMS and not feeling good, it's telling you that, you know, like PMS is really related to low progesterone in many cases. And so it's like, it's telling you that's out of whack. And I tell you, because of the way everything's related, when you address the cortisol and when you address your diet, like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. PMS can get a lot better. It's more complex than that. But in a simple way, if you just do those things, PMS can improve a ton. That's so interesting. So here's something that's changed for me. And this happened after I had children. And I, I, I feel like kind of, I've never heard this happening to anyone else. So maybe this is like my battle cry. Like, is anybody else out there like this? So my PMS symptoms moved. They're this, they're very similar, but they've moved to the the point in my cycle when I ovulate. So (laughs) it's so funny. Uh My husband always knows when I'm ovulating because I am like ready to get it on. And like I chalk it up to I'm 39. It's like my body's last ditch effort to make more babies. reaching the end Mm -hmm. and it's like I I have all of my and it's all my symptoms are remarkably similar to the very first um part of being pregnant like my boobs are killing me I get nauseous and sometimes I even dry heave like I have morning sickness and it's during like those four days of ovulation is that weird that's no no it's not it's not weird at all and I mean the bottom line is that like hormones change around ovulation. You get spikes and drops and all kinds of things. And as we get older, you know, we our, our body becomes more sensitive to certain things. And like, you know, receptors mm. can change on the cells. So I would say, no, anytime a woman tells me like, you know, is this just like wrong? I'm just like, no, like this is what your body does. You know, especially with hormones, there is not like a cookie cutter thing with hormones. Mm-hmm. So every person is unique. So like you're unique in terms of how your your body is responding during that. You're a special snowflake in terms <laughs> in terms of how your body's responding during during your ovulation. And so that's not unusual at all. And the same uh, the, the same actions in terms of changing your diet and decreasing inflammation and managing emotional stress that can benefit you during that time. And so mm-hmm. with the breast tenderness and stuff, yeah, that's like estrogen, you know, tends to cause the breast tenderness. And what, what were some of your other ones? I, um, I, <laughs> my libido goes through the roof. Like I'm checking out like construction workers on the side of the road. I'm like, <laughs> that's yeah. Totally yeah. Lucky. That's, that's also, it, feel, so... it must be what feeling like a man feels like. Exactly. Which is like not so bad when it comes to that. But right. it's like I mean that one's fine. Yeah. Although it you know, I'll I'll draw the line with jumping out of the car and like trying to hump some construction worker. <laughs> but it makes my husband totally. happy, you know, when I'm home with him. So it's totally. like, so that sounds like probably a spike in testosterone. It and estrogen. Estrogen makes you totally juicy. Hmm. So it's like, um, you know, it makes everything juicier. It makes your lining juicy and all that kind of stuff. And so, and I'm, I mean, normally around ovulation, your progesterone goes up too to kind of help the, the lining stay um, stable. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily one of the contributors to the things that you're noticing. But it's it makes sense that your hormone levels go up to want to have sex when you ovulate because you're you're supposed to be procreating mm-hmm. there like it's according to your body right, right and right. so it's like get it on girl get it on now's the time yeah we only have a few more years left of this come on exactly <laughs> exactly okay so i love that you mentioned that uh, a, a, co- a very common 
American way of screwing up our hormones is is our diet and and uh, too much sugar. So, what are, are there any more common ways that we screw up our hormones as women? Doing too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like you're teaching this course right now, right? Yeah. About uh, time management and overwhelm or something, and and it's like hello, that is so important. Uh Like I'm signed up. Like (laughs) it's like, so really I think it, this can be the hardest thing to change, but this will change your life. So it's like, you know, yeah, you can change your diet and watch the sugar thing, but really what's going to turn things around is starting to address the level of stress in your life. And, you know, if you're like, I have three kids, what am I supposed to do? Get rid of my three kids? It's like, no, but remember the whole perceived stress thing we were talking about. If you can change how you perceive your life and how you're perceiving the stressors that are going on in your life, that can have a huge effect on your hormone levels and on your stress response. So how do you do that? Well, you know, there's cognitive behavioral therapy that helps you kind of reframe your life. Coaching is awesome with that because it helps you really take a look at how to set your priorities and how to really manage your time that way and prevent overwhelm. So if you can address the stressors in your life that you have control over, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. So some of the common things that I seek that can help people are like having a daily routine in the morning that just centers you and calms you. So whether that's just going for your run and then like doing some quiet stretching by yourself and then maybe doing some self massage with some oil after your shower and then that's it. But it's like, that was your time. That's non-negotiable, like have non-negotiable self-care time in the morning. And I say in the morning because if it doesn't happen in the morning, it's not going to happen often. Mm -hmm. So just do it first thing in the morning before the kids get up or before anybody else gets up and starts calling you and distracting you. And what the routine does is, you know, however much I love to travel and be spontaneous, our bodies like routine. So when you give it self-care and self-love regularly every morning, it starts to chill the fuck out because it's like, okay, I can, I can rely on this. She's going to hook me up in the morning. It's going to be okay. Obviously like meditation is a really common one. I know not everyone likes to do it, but it does work. That's why I I feel like, you know, evolutionarily we get rid of things that don't work and meditation has been around for kind of like millennia. probably (laughs) works. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that can really help create the pause between what you're perceiving as stress and your response to stress. So slowing Mm -hmm. down your mind, anything that slows down your mind and helps you be more present. And for some people that can be, you know, walking on the beach or what, whatever it is, what can slow you down so that when shit happens, you don't just automatically have this fight or flight response. You're starting to create the ability to be like, okay, I can choose to respond to this differently. Yeah. And then, you know, the big things like, yeah, You may think that your stressful job is your only option right now, but it probably isn't. And that takes a lot of courage, you know, to start addressing. But it's like restructuring your work life, restructuring your family life so that you can take care of yourself. That's really the main thing I think that we can do. And it's also oftentimes the hardest, but Mm -hmm. it's worth it. Totally, totally worth it. I see women completely change. Women with three kids even. So oh, like yeah. no no excuses. Like you can really turn things around by addressing that. Losing weight, better temperament, better energy, higher libido, mm-hmm. like all of those things. Better skin. Yeah. If you want to just talk about that, right? Uh, yeah. Hell yes a thousand times. And I 
I'm, of course, I echo everything that you just said. And I think one thing for me that really changed my life, and it's been, and it's sometimes it's a one day at a time thing. And, and I, I, you know, I talk about it a lot. And that is, uh, you know, and this is from a recovering control freak and, you know, micromanager. I, I wanted to, I wanted a, a guarantee on every outcome. And I wanted to control not just situations, but other people. And once I learned to let go, and, you know, one of my favorite words in the entire world is the word surrender. And some people are like, surrender? Like, I'm not giving up. But it's not what it is. It's really about just surrendering to what is going on in your life because sometimes we get handed a shit sandwich like it's just what happens yeah <laughs> and that sometimes our kids are crazy and you know or, or you know we get hit with a you know we just got we had to have new tires put on our truck my husband has this truck which we love this truck and it's been years like I don't remember getting new tire anyway it was a thousand dollars for new tires and <sighs> I was like what? <laughs> like we're oh my just gosh. getting to the point where we're like a, like ahead and we're, you know, we were like saving up for a family and then that got dropped. So it's like stuff like that. So I grumbled about it and I was mad and I was like trying to figure out another way and let's just sell the truck and just so mad. But then like I gave myself the time and then just was like, mm. you know what? The tires cost a thousand dollars and thank God we have the money. So, you know, right? shifting into gratitude and, and just, you know, all these there's so many ways to surrender and to let go of control, but I will tell you guys that it's not just something you decide and, and it is. It is something that I work on on a regular basis to keep my marriage peaceful, to keep my kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. for myself from going crazy in my business, everything. So hopefully that helps any of you listening who tend to get on the crazy train with me sometimes. Hell yeah. Like there's my, one of my favorite quotes is by Shanti Deva, who's actually not like a, a new yoga teacher, but a really old sage from India <laughs> who, who said, um, you know, if you can change something, why be unhappy? If you cannot change something, why be unhappy? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> there you go. Surrender, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. 
I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so if you if we could do just one more question, if we could do one yeah. thing, just one thing, because I know my people are busy, if we could do mm. one thing to help our hormones be better balanced, what would that be? I mean, if, if I could have my wish granted and have it be easy for everyone and everyone could do it, it would be what, what you just said, to surrender, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Um and if and if if that is like too heavy duty for you right now, and it just seems like how do you wrap your head around doing that? And um, I would say cut out sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that really it's like okay, if you don't want to go to the mind spirit thing, let's go to the body thing, and you know cut out sugar. Yeah. Well, are you still there? It got quiet all of a sudden. I totally am. Oh, There's okay. this like you know, some kind of sightseeing plane or something. I thought, I thought you my... dropped the mic or something. You were like, that's it. My work here is done. No. Well, I want to talk to, we have a few more minutes. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about the sugar thing because, you know, I've, I've had some people come on and talk a little bit about fitness and nutrition and stuff, but I think okay. that it's extremely overwhelming for most people. I think I'm like pretty much like the lay person and when it, especially like I can get my workout on, like I can do all of that. And I can work out like a mofo. But when it comes to food, I am lost in space. And I love gummy bears. I love um, Nestle Coffee Mate. I I think I'm a lot – I don't know if better is the word that I would use. But I don't don't think I consume as much sugar. Definitely cutting out wine has has helped a lot because I know wine has a lot of sugar. But I've I've replaced that every night with, you know, a few cookies or a bag of M&Ms or something like that, Mm -hmm. So, which I know isn't helping. So where I get, like, I can cut out, like, the sweets, you know, I'm just, that for me, and I know it's not for a lot of people, but that I can take or leave. What's really difficult for me is bread and pasta. And I've tried the the whole wheat pasta, and I would rather just not eat it at all. Like, please tell us mm-hmm. there's an alternative. And sandwiches are easy for me, you know, because I work from home. And so I'm like, what do we do? Tell us, a wise one. <laughs> Fix <awesome>. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The, the sugar thing and, you know, simple carb thing, I just want to emphasize that that's the equivalent. Like because we do need said. some sugar, right? Like you as do. far as I understand you from do. college, that sugar is our brain's favorite food. Like we Exactly. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing is, it is an addiction. Yeah. Like it is a total addiction. So that's like at the root of a lot of it is it's really hard, can be really hard to get over not consuming a ton of it. We tend to crave what is not good for us in the moment and or like something that that we may have an insensitivity to just because our bodies try to mess with us that way. So it's like, you you know, it is really hard because it's an addiction. Like like (laughs) we all are addicted to or can be really addicted to sugar. I have thankfully, I don't know why, but I just have less of a sweet tooth. But I tell you, when I get 
triggered, that's what I go to. And I'm like, take me to the fucking bakery and then Mm -hmm. to an Italian restaurant. Like I'm all over that. Yeah. Right. And then, but, but it's like, so one of the ways you can do it is to substitute sweet things like, um, sweet vegetables, which I know sounds so sexy, but really (laughs) like, like sweet potatoes or yams Mm. and things like that. And then, um, you know, dark chocolate is really good because it can fix that craving, but your sugar doesn't spike as much with dark chocolate. So if you're having like a nice square of, and buy the good stuff, man, like if you're going to go for it, go for it. That's what I feel about ice cream. Yeah. And, and the other thing is to really balance it with making sure you're getting enough protein and enough fats. Mm -hmm. Like fat is good for you. Mm -hmm. Like two, two of the things around weight and, um, food that I see is that, you know, people are avoiding fat, which I think more people are starting to learn that healthy fat is good, like coconut oil and things like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But also the whole exercising thing, I just wanted to address that. Like just because like calories in calories out, less calories, more exercise does not help with weight either. In fact, what we're starting to learn is that if you're one of these stressed out people whose cortisol is starting to get tapped, if you exercise excessively, you're just adding what to your body? More stress. stress. Mm-hmm. So what we're learning is that burst training is actually better for you. Like, like, you know, really, um, you know, running hard or sprinting hard or doing it, whatever cardio you're doing for 60 seconds and then recovery for 60 seconds and burst mm-hmm. and recover. And that recovery allows you to not have this really high spike in cortisol that then just throws everything else off. Or if your cortisol is low, like deplete you even more. So the burst training is really helpful, even just 20 minutes of it, not doing more than 40 minutes of like chronic cardio can yeah. really help. But like when it comes down to the diet, it, that's why I think sugar cleanses with a group of people helps because it is hard, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, like you, you need that support. It's really hard to just come off sugar on your own in the long term. Mm -hmm. But one of the other things is you just can't have any, just like with any addiction, like, like, you know, that, that (laughs) lays, lays, lays potato chip commercial, like, Oh, you can't just just have one. Yeah. Like, so, you know, if you're trying to cut out simple carbs, like don't have any, just do complex carbs, write it out. Like most of the intense cravings are in the first three days. Yeah. Well, like, okay. That's, like, so you're not part. saying like that people should do, cause complex carbs are, are still carbs. So you're not saying like people should cut out sugar completely and do, cause I, cause I looked for, cause I know like the cleanses and the detoxes are all the rage. I tried a 21 day sugar detox and, and lasted 11 days. And I was training for something, so that's why it didn't end up working. Oh, either. yeah. No, your body needs glucose yeah. then. Yeah. So, and like I was, I have been looking for scientific evidence that shows that we need to, because, you know, like all the, I won't name any names, but there are some like network marketing, you know, companies that sell these cleanses and they talk about like, you need to reboot and restart your cells. So I'm like, okay, show me the science that says that our cells need that. And I can't find any. So, <laughs> right. You, you definitely need carbs. And here's the thing. Some people need more carbs than others. So you could be one of those people, Andrea, like, yeah. like you, so, so some of us need more protein and mm-hmm. you could get, uh, you know, when you said like, what can, what kind of test can I order from my doctor? You can actually order, you know, metabolic testing to mm-hmm. see what are you, what does your body like more? And, you know, super low carb diets, everyone like not as great for women not as great mm-hmm. for women. So like intermittent fasting, not as great for women. So, you know, you got to listen to your body. So what, what I'm hearing you say is like, I've tried this man and my body does not like it. 
and it's not just addiction. Like, like my body is craving it. Like, listen then. Okay. So great. So now, so how much is good for you? Start experimenting with it. Like, like you can have different kinds of breakfast and just see how you feel. So like one could be a bagel, Mm -hmm. you you know, with coffee and then another one could be protein for breakfast. And yeah, then carbs and, after my workout. Yeah, and, and in terms of the ratio of carbs, that is going to vary with each individual. So in general, people eat too much carbs, which I think is why the first thing out of people's mouths is to like, you know, cut back on that. But there are some people, especially if you're active like yourself, who need a certain level. So if and um, and women also need more than men. So if you're going too low on the mm-hmm. carbs, then then you got to yeah. watch for that. I've learned. I worked with. I've worked with a a holistic nutritionist and a personal trainer that had a master's in nutrition. And, and the latest one was Jackie Carly. She said, I would text her in the middle of the day and I'm like, I'm really tired. And she would ask me how many carbs I've eaten that day. And she's like, did you work out this morning? And I'd be like, yeah. And she's like, you need more. So she would tell me like the reason exactly. you're tired is because you're not eating enough carbohydrates, eat more. So I think that exactly. what you're saying too, the trick is, is the kind of carbohydrates. So it's that whole like low GI, high GI ratio, complex exactly. carbs versus simple carbs. Exactly. And, and so, you know, really looking at the glycemic index and saying, and like one simple way I like to look at it is if you look at your plate and you divide it into quarters, like a quarter of your plate should be carbs for most people and not an, an ideally complex carbs and not just like mashed white potatoes or something Mm -hmm. like that. So a quarter of your plate can be carbs. And if you're still hungry, go back, but have more protein and vegetables, Mm -hmm. right? Because vegetables are carbs too. Um, But they have like all the micronutrients that really help our body and our immune system. Now, if you're finding that that's not enough and you know that eating more carbs isn't causing you to put on weight or feel more tired, then yeah, you can have a little more if that's your metabolic type. But, you know, we tend to lie to ourselves and fool ourselves a lot around that. Like, oh, I must be one of those types that needs more French fries. So it's like, (laughs) right, which is like me. But, but, you know, so, so really make sure that you're being honest with yourself. And it sounds like, you know, the body's the best lab. So like you're doing under like listening to your body being like, I'm tired, like something is not right. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, have more. And are, do you feel better? And if you do, then that must be That's right for you. Yeah. That yeah, must sure. be right for you. Yeah. And I hope I hope this was helpful uh, to everyone listening. And Anna, thank you so much. This has been so informative for, to myself and I hope to all my, my ass kickers out there. And tell everyone where they can find you. And again, you guys, all these links are at yourkickasslife.com forward slash three seven. And go ahead and tell everyone the best place to find you and contact you. Yeah, the best place to find me for all of this stuff is at onaverzoni.com. And basically there you can sign up to be notified of free cleanses and a lot of other goodies on there. And you can read some articles about the, these topics because um, I just want to put a lot of resources out there for people to be able to access. Because if your body is in alignment with your mission, you know, you're, you're going to hit a wall at some point. And mm. I believe that women should be able to be feeling as vital as possible. Yeah. Get out there and rock for the show for show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, yourkickasslife.com forward slash three seven. Again, thank you so much for being here. Please, if you have time and you love this podcast, go over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It's really easy to do from your phone. I found I think it's a little bit easier to do that. It's just like you're leaving a rating and review for an app. So um, that is near and dear to me. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you next time for episode 38. Until then, I will see you in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 